just thank you, Father, that in these few minutes that we can bring forth a word that will change and bring life forth in the people that are here and maybe to many others as well, Lord. We just take all the limits off and we thank you and praise you for your holy word and for your people in Jesus' precious name. And all the people said, Amen. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Hallelujah. How many would like perfect peace? We call this today how to walk in perfect peace. That's quite a a menu, right? To, To be able to walk in perfect peace. It's an awesome thought that we could walk in perfect peace. I'd like to read it to you from the uh, Amplified Version, if I can read my writing here. Amplified Version says, You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast. Everybody say steadfast. That is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character. Because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, for he trusts in thee. Praise the Lord. Perfect peace. Think of it. Perfect peace. Now, how many know we live in a world that has some stress about it? In fact, Jesus said this about the world. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble. It's a great, great ministry, right? <laughs> In this world, how many want to shout? <laughs> In this world, you'll have tribulation. But, he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen? Jesus gives us the victory over stressful situations. Now, there's some things, times in life that we cause ourselves a lack of peace. Amen? We cause stress in our life. For example... Uh, if we uh, encumber ourselves with debt, amen, credit card debt, car debt, house debt, this debt, that debt, and we're over our heads and swamped with debt, it can, be, it can rob our peace. Can I have an amen? But yet at the same time I say that, I want you to know that God will make a way for you to come out of debt. Amen. As a Christian for years, I lived in debt. I never saw a car I didn't like, you know. <laughs> and when I needed a car, I went and bought it and got it loaned, you know. But the Lord taught me, I, I was in a situation after I came into this ministry that our in- income was kind of limited. And so I bought a car for, I think, about $3,000, a Toyota. It had 100,000 miles or so on it. It was a smoker's car. I never did like the car, but was very good price, and I drove it for about 130,000 miles. And, uh, you know, but towards the end of that, I had 230,000 miles on the car, and uh, it was time for a new car, I knew it. So I started praying. And uh, the temptation, of course, was to go back and, and uh, buy another car on credit. But the Lord kept saying, no, don't do it. And uh, prayed with my wife, and she said, no, don't do it. <laughs> And so we just began to seek the Lord and pray for a period of time for a car. 
You know, how many know God answers prayer? He'll help you in life. Amen. You don't always have to depend on the bank or the world. I mean, you can get help from the Lord. Amen. And so uh, as we prayed and sought the Lord, somebody gave me $5,000 for a car. He said, you need a car. Here's $5,000. I said, praise the Lord. I thought, after a while, I thought, well, that's a good down payment. So the Lord said, no. So I just kind of hung in there. And uh, this wasn't in my notes, but I don't know. I guess somebody might need to hear it, you know. Because debt can, can rob you of your peace. Amen. And God can make a way for you to get out of debt or the problems that you're in. So we sought the Lord. And then uh, I had in mind that I would like to get a, a Nissan Altima. And I guess I had told my son about it. And he called me. He says, well, there's a Nissan Altima for sale at an auction. And so uh, I checked into it and, and looked at it, went up. I was going to a meeting, and I had to go right past this place where this car was for sale at this auction. So I went by to look at it, took it for a test drive, you know, cooked, kicked the tires, and, and uh, drove on up to my meeting, and talked to my wife about it, and uh, I said, well, should we give it a go? So she actually bid on the car while I was having a meeting up in northern Minnesota. And uh, we had a limit of the money that we had. We you know, figured every bit of money that we had, and we put it all together with that 5000 We figured we could bid somewhere around $7,000. So we bid all the way up to $7,000 and stopped. And somebody else got the car. And I just had, I just, it's like I felt that was my car, but then when that happened, it was just like I had perfect peace about it. And so I uh, drove home. And just happened, you know, I drove right past the same place where this car was, and it's still sitting there. So I drove in, and I said, yeah, you know, I was bidding on this uh, car on auction, and I see it's still here. He says, yeah, the guy that got the bid, that won the bid, reneged and didn't take the car. He said, it's still for sale. He says, you can buy this car today for $7,000. I went out, kicked the tires, called my wife. We both said, yeah, we should do it. I walked back in. I said, I'll take the car. Uh, about less than five minutes after I said I'd take the car, somebody called him, his partner, and said, hey, so-and-so, the banker wants to buy the car. The guy says, no, it's too late. This guy already said he wants it. I got the car for $7,000. Uh, I uh, took the 5000 that I had gotten. I sold my Toyota Camry, and the only thing I think I really paid on the car was for the taxes. Praise the car. Praise the Lord. And I drove that car for 150,000 miles, and it just finally bit the dust here this year. And um, the Lord made a way for us to buy another car, another Nissan Altima, uh, without going in debt. Can somebody say praise the Lord? So there are ways that we can, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot and cause stress and problems in our life. Can I have an amen? amen? But even if we do everything right, this life can still be stressful. In fact, being a Christian can cause your life to be stressful in some situations. It can cause persecution and problems in your life. Amen? 
So what I want to talk about today mainly is about how to have perfect peace in spite of the circumstances. Praise God. And you can do that. Amen? Now, the word peace in the Word of God, the Old Testament word translated peace is shalom. Everybody say shalom. And that word conveys the image of wholeness, unity, and harmony relationally. It also is a reference to prosperity, health, and fulfillment. And it's also often spoken of as coming as a result of being in the presence of God. How many know the presence of God brings peace? Can I have an amen? amen. How many have ever been stressed and uptight and come to church and start worshiping and get in the presence of God and all of a sudden you got peace. Amen. I remember one time I was so uptight. This is also since I was a Christian. Now, none of you ever got uptight since you've been a Christian, right? So I know I'm the only one, right? But I I did. I got uptight. We were taking the family on a family vacation, you know, family to have some fun on a family vacation. And so we're all getting ready, you know, and we get in, we're getting in the van, getting the van loaded up, you know, and all the kids are in the van. And, and uh, by the time we got ready to go up to the North Shore of uh, Lake Superior, I was fit to be tied. I was just uptight. And so we start driving down the road to go, to, to go up to the, uh, to the lake, and Dad's uptight. And uh, the kids want to have fun. <laughs> But dad's uptight. I said, well, just leave me alone. And I started praying in tongues. And I started praying in tongues and praying in tongues and praying in tongues and praying in tongues. And you know what? About an hour later, dad was just fine. Praise God. It brought a peace. It brought a refreshing. The Holy Spirit will give you peace. Amen. When there's no peace in the outside, in the outward circumstance, the Holy Spirit can give you peace on the inside. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Steadfast in the Lord. Amen. We can find peace in the midst of a storm. And we need God's peace. It's a provision for us. God's peace is a provision for us. Okay, so now, there's three main thoughts that I want you to get today, okay? And I'm going to give them to you ahead of time so you can kind of catch them as we go through the message today. The first point is this. Jesus came to bring you peace. Can I have an amen? Amen. Point number two is, you have a part in maintaining that peace. In other words, it's not automatic. Jesus came to give you peace, but you have a part in maintaining that peace. And the third thing is, you have been ordained to bring peace. You are to carry peace. As Susan said, you are the light of the world. You know, we carry the substance of God with us. Several places in the scripture, God is called the God of peace. I keep telling these testimonies I hadn't planned to tell, but um, when I came to the Lord the day that I gave my life to Jesus. I had been going to this fellowship of other people that had come out of the long-haired hippie-type movement back in the 70s. They all had been on drugs and all these things, you know, and, and they had found Jesus. We had what, what you call the Jesus movement back in those days. And God 
put us together with this group of Jesus people. And so we started going to that church and we started seeking the Lord, but I wasn't saved. And I remember I went to work one day on a Monday morning. You know, Monday mornings can be tough. And I had, I proceeded to have the most miserable day of my life, I think. And I was working in uh, Brick Lane, you know, these, carrying these huge blocks up uh, scaffolding for the, for the block layers. And when I got off that day, I said, man, I'm going to the liquor store. I am going to get some beer. And I never, I never went. I don't know why. I just never went. I bypassed it. And I went home. Got home. It's a hot evening. Got in an argument with my wife. You know, when you don't have peace inside, you have a lot of arguments on the outside. <laughs> Amen. So we got in an argument. I said, oh, it's hot. Let's just go for a ride. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm going back to that liquor store. Didn't go to the liquor store. Ended up at the preacher's house. I said, man, I had a rough day. Things are going bad. I said, I'm struggling. I said, you know, I go to this church and everybody's got this something. I don't know what they got, but I don't have it. I just feel like an outsider. I'm just pouring out my heart. I'm telling this guy what's going on, you know. And he said, let me just pray for you. Let me just pray for you, he says. And so he just reaches over and puts his hand on my head, and he just begins to pray. Whether he prayed in tongues or prayed in English, what I do remember is the presence of God just came all over me. And I had this peace that just flowed all over me. He says, you know what? You just need to give your life to the Lord. So I went down that night, and I got baptized. But we, you see, we are carriers of peace. If you have the Holy Ghost in you, you have peace in you. Amen? And that's why when I was driving down the road, Dad was uptight, and I began to pray in the Spirit, peace came, because the Holy Spirit lived in me. Amen? Now, in my emotions, in my soul, I was, I was frazzled, I, I was uptight, but still the Holy Spirit's in here. All I got to do is release Him. Amen? And it's the same way in your ministry, in your relationships, you can release peace. I remember this preacher was giving a, a testimony about uh, his son-in-law before his son-in-law was saved. And his son-in-law got so mad, he started cussing and swearing his father-in-law out and all this stuff. And this, and this preacher is just, just, uh, just standing there going, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he. So he didn't react in anger back at his son-in-law. Instead, he's just confessing the word. Greater is he. Inside, he's going, greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You got to remember who you are. You got to remember what God has done in your life. You got to remember the peace that God has procured for you through Jesus Christ. You got to remember who the Holy Ghost is in your life. Can I have an amen? amen. Because he is your peace. Amen? amen? Hallelujah. So the first point was what? Who can tell me? Jesus came to give you peace. Now, we're in Isaiah, so let's look at a couple scriptures. Isaiah, we're going to go to Isaiah 53, but let's go to 32 first on the way. 32 and verse 17. Isaiah 32, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be what? Peace. Peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, 
and assurance forever. The work of righteousness shall be peace. So the first thing is, if you want to have peace, you've got to have righteousness. And righteousness comes from the Lord. Amen? Righteousness comes because of what Jesus did on that cross of Calvary. Righteousness comes because we believe in Jesus. Turn to Isaiah 53. And the fourth verse, you'll notice. Surely he, that is Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. You know, another uh, verse, Scripture says, there is no peace to the wicked. Praise God. You know what? If you're wicked, you don't have to stay that way. I know somebody who can change you. (laughs) Amen. I know somebody who can make you righteous. He can impute righteousness to you, and he can impart righteousness to you, and he does it through the cross. And it says here, the chastisement which procured our peace was upon him. In other words, he was wounded so that we could be made right with God. Jesus on the cross of Calvary is the first key, the essential key for you and I to receive peace. Can I have an amen? In uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified, being made righteous by faith in him. When we believe in what Jesus Christ did on that cross of Calvary, then we have peace with God. You know, before we come to the Lord, did you know that we're enemies with God? But Jesus is our peace. I want you to turn over to Ephesians in the uh, second chapter. And notice the 12th verse. It says that at that time, before you knew the Lord, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. That's the way we are before we're saved. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were, everybody say were, sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. There's power in the blood to eradicate your sin and to bring you into a position of access with God. Notice in verse 14, it says, For he is our peace. Do you have Jesus in your life? He is your peace. He is your peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. You know, here he's talking about Jew and Gentiles. The things that divide people. Not only did Jesus die to bring us harmony with God, but also harmony between people because there's only one Savior. Amen? And 
He brought down the wall of division between Jews and Gentiles. The Jews are always said, well, there's us, the Jews, and then there's the rest of the world. <laughs> you know, and you're not going to bring the two together. But in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, Greek or woman or a man or boy or girl. Amen. He brings us together in him. And he is our peace. And if you know Jesus, you don't need to be at war with people. Can I have an amen? amen? Peace comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Peace comes from the blood. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 says, Having that Jesus made peace by the blood of his cross. The blood is so powerful to redeem us, to cause us to be forgiven, to cause us to be accepted by God. The blood... Whatever is against you, the blood is stronger. Amen. Amen? The blood means all my sins are forgiven. The strongholds of the devil are broken. You know, it said in, in the book of Revelations, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies, and they love not their life to the death. The blood, the blood is your advantage in life. Can I have an amen? If you know about the blood you got the key into the kingdom of God because it's by his blood that we have peace. Amen. No sin, no guilt, no condemnation, uh, no stronghold, no demonic stronghold, no power of the enemy. Nothing can stand against that truth that the blood of Jesus has been shed for you and through him you have redemption. Praise God. You've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. Amen. And through that access point, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and makes you a different person. Amen. And the Holy Spirit has has the peace that you need. Praise God. Jesus is your peace, people. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Turn over to John 14. Verse 27. It says, Peace I leave with you. How many think Jesus carried the peace of God when he was on the earth? He had peace. What did he say? Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give unto you. It's a gift. <laughs> Not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither will let it be afraid. The world has its methods to try to give you peace. But Jesus said, I'll give you peace that the world can't give. Amen? And you know what? The world can't take it away either. Amen? The world can't take my peace away. Amen? The political situation this term cannot take my peace away. Hallelujah. I got trust in the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. He's going to see me through. Amen. He's my king. He's my Lord. He's my savior. And I have the peace that passes all understanding. Praise God. I mentioned that God is called the God of peace. There's several scriptures that talk about him as the God of peace. Um, and I'll give you just a few examples. The uh, Philippians 4, 9 says, the God of peace shall be with you. 
shall be with you. The God of peace shall be with you. When you go into the seventh grade, the God of peace shall be with you. That's good to know. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23 said, The God of peace will sanctify you completely or wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Completely. He will sanctify. The God of peace will sanctify you. See, peace brings sanctification. What is sanctification? It brings a separation in your life from unholy things. It separates you to God. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. A revelation of his peace will bring those things into your life. The God of peace will do those things. And Hebrews 13.20 says that the God of peace will make you perfect or complete or fulfilled. Amen? Not necessarily talking about sinless perfection, but complete in Him. Amen? The God of peace will bring completeness. And Romans 16.30 said the God of peace will bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Now you think he said the God of war. He says, no, the God of peace. See, Satan's all about anger and war. But God wages war with peace. <laughs> wages peace. That's what we need to do. We need to wage peace. Amen. Amen. See, peace will tread down Satan. When you walk in peace... You have authority. When you know that you have peace with God and you have peace and confidence in God in your circumstances, then you're able to walk into a new circumstance with confidence and have victory. You're able to use your authority and tread down the enemy. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? So point number one was Jesus came to bring peace. How many agree that's true? Yeah. Second point was you have a part in maintaining that peace. How many know that all Christians do not have peace of mind? I got some amens there, I think. Amen. But we can. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You got to keep your mind stayed on him. You know, many places in the scripture it talks about keeping these things in remembrance. You know, the, the truths that I shared, some of you might have been sitting there, well, I've heard that before. I know that. But you know what? We have to remember. Amen? We have to keep our focus on these things. Remember that Jesus' blood was shed for us. We don't have to live under condemnation. We don't have to think the devil's going to get advantage of us. We don't have to think the circumstance is too difficult. We can realize that God's power has been poured out for us, that we might have total victory and total peace. Uh, Peter said, I stir up your minds, your pure minds in, in remembrance. Jesus said of the communion meal, do this in remembrance of me. See, we have to, uh, Peter said, if you live in sin, you'll forget that your sins were purged. See, sin opens the door, amen, to the enemy in your thinking or your actions, your attitude. Sin opens the door and then robs you of your peace and you forget that your sins were purged. Oh, I mean, you kind of say, oh, I'm a Christian, you know. You remember that you go to church every Sunday, but you're not really walking in the victory of your salvation. 
You're not really living in peace. Why? Because you forgot. Because you allowed the enemy to come back in. See, you, he will keep him in perfect peace. Who? Whose mind has stayed upon him. Because he trusts in him. Stayed. The, the uh, root of that word means to lean upon. To rest. To support. To brace oneself. You see, you've got to lean on the Lord. You've got to brace yourself up against the Lord. You've got to get your strength of your life in God. Amen? You've got to draw upon this resource of life here. Amen? You've got, how do you do it? You meditate in his word day and night. Uh, Psalms. 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate, how often? Day and night. And he shall be, what? Like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The first part of that says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, how many, how many times are we listening to the counsel of the ungodly? I mean, if you're going to avoid it completely, you'd have to leave the world, right? Or else be a hermit. But I mean, you turn the radio on, you listen to the counsel of the ungodly. You turn the television on, you listen to the counsel of the ungodly. You go to work and sit in the lunchroom, you hear the counsel of the ungodly. But the thing is, you can't walk in that counsel of the ungodly. Amen? you got to get on the counsel of the Lord. you got to meditate on the Word of God day and night. You know, everything about this world, this world is seeking to draw your faith out of you and pull you down, to choke the Word with the cares of this world. Amen? And there's so many distractions, and, and there's so much media now, and it's increasing more and more. Now we've got these smartphones that make us dumb. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it was a neat idea. No, I mean, they're great tools. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I use mine. I get, and mine's a Bible study tool. I tell you, I just, I, I use it's a good thing, but I tell you, it can become just a source of frustration, distraction, and just something to, to take you, take your focus away from the things of God. And entertainment, sports, not necessarily a bad thing, but you've got to keep on track, amen? You've got to keep your focus on the Lord. How do you do it? He says, meditate in that word day and night, amen? And that doesn't mean you're going to necessarily have your Bible open 24 hours a day, amen? You've got to have it perking in here, amen? You've got to get your start in the morning, Get your devotional time with the Lord, and then you've got to think on the Lord all throughout your day. Amen? You say, well, I've got a job to do. Yeah, but you can just, you just kind of keep that purring. You just kind of keep that perking, those thoughts, you know. Oh, you know, it might be one day, oh, I'm the righteousness of God. Jesus has paid the price, and I'm the righteousness of God. And just think about that all day long, you know. Some, some uh, snot-nosed kid in the seventh grade comes up and says something to you. You say, well, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, you know. So instead of 
bowing down, you know, under the counsel of the ungodly. You just stand up straight and, hey, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the price for me. I am important to God. Hallelujah. I'm valuable. I got purpose. Glory to God. And, you know, you're walking. You're like a tree planted by the rivers of water, you know, and there's life issuing forth and there's peace coming forth. Amen. Amen. Instead of defeat that the enemy wants to bring into your life. Can you say amen today? Psalm 119, uh, verse uh, 165 says, Great peace have them which love your law, and nothing shall offend them. That's pretty good. How many would like that? You know, I mean, it's pretty easy to get offended, especially if you're kind of carnally minded. Amen? I know I went through a situation. Susan talked about pastoring. Pastoring can be pretty tough. I tell you what, pray for your pastors. I mean, they probably have it pretty good with a bunch like you. You take good care of them, right? But I tell you, I've been through some difficult situations being a pastor, you know. And when you feel like, you, you know, every week you're getting beat up, you know, pretty soon your head's bloody. And, you know, you can be pretty spiritual for about five months, but on that sixth month, <laughs> you might just lash out. Amen? You might just say something you shouldn't have said. But here he says, you won't be offended. Praise God. You got to stay on that word. You got to see yourself in the image of the word. You got to see God in the image of the word. Amen. You can't, be, you can't be defeated by the circumstances of life or what people say or think or do. Amen. Amen. I'm encouraging you today. He'll keep him in perfect and steadfast, complete peace whose mind is stayed upon him for he trusts in him. See, we got to trust in the Lord. We need to trust in the Lord with this election this time. We've got to trust in the Lord for our country. We're not dependent upon man. God is our source. When something happens in your life that's going to bring stress, you've got to depend on the Lord. Amen? When it looks like your income is drying up, you've got to depend on the Lord and trust in Him. You've got to roll your care on the Lord, and you've got to get your strength in Him. Because I tell you what, if you're all filled with anxiety and your peace is out the window... You're not going to hear from God. And there's one thing that you need to do is you need to be able to hear from the Lord in a difficult situation. You've got to find that, that peace in him. Remember David when all his men abandoned him at Ziklag? You remember that story? And, uh, you know, because, because his, their wives and their children were taken away and everything that they had, they went out, uh, you know, they went out to do their thing, and they came back to their city of Ziklag, and everybody's gone. All the, all the kids are gone. All the wives are gone. And, and it said that the men were about to stone David. And, uh, but it said David encouraged himself in the Lord, and he worshiped. He said, bring me the ephod, which is an instrument of worship. He turned to the Lord. You got to turn to the Lord in the time of distress. And find that peace and find that rest. Amen. Because he'll help you. He'll give you the strength. And then the word of the Lord came to David. Go, pursue, and you'll recover all. Amen. See, what if he had just said, oh, what's the matter? You know, what's, what's the use? I don't know if God ever called me to this or not. Wouldn't that be the temptation? How many hear what I'm saying? Well, what? This isn't worth it. These bunch of scoundrels are out here with me. I'm leaving. You know? And then they would have lost everything. It would have been lost forever. But instead, they recovered all. I said they recovered all. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to get happy before this is over. Hallelujah. So you got to maintain your peace. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 15, verses 7 and 8, he says, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Galatians tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. It is love, joy, peace. Peace is a fruit in your life. How does that fruit come? By abiding in Jesus. By abiding in his word. By living in the truth of his word. By living under the truth of the gospel. The truth is you've been redeemed. The truth is the blood of Jesus is more powerful than what the devil can do in your life. The truth is the blood of Jesus is more powerful than your sinfulness or your weakness or anything that's in your life. Amen? The truth is you have victory in Christ. The truth is greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. You can have peace if you keep your mind and state on him and you trust in him. You know, uh, how many ever heard of Henry Vanderbush? I know you probably have, right? You know, Hen- you know Henry? No? Henry was a, an evangelist uh, in the Dakotas. And when I was pastoring in Howard Lake, Minnesota, uh, he preached for me in a tent meeting. And he told a story one time that really ministered to me. He was traveling, and he was in the south somewhere, I think in Georgia or somewhere. And there was a little something wrong with his motorhome, so he took it to a shop and said, just look it over, you know, let me know what's wrong. And so they didn't call him with any estimate or anything. They just went ahead and did a bunch of repairs, and he went back, and the bill's over $3,000. And this is a traveling evangelist. I mean, he didn't have $3,000. And so the temptation was to get really, really angry and refuse to pay the bill and all this and fight to fight it. But at, through that scenario, he said the Lord spoke to him and said this. He says, how much is your peace worth? That's a good question. How much is your peace worth? And so he went to the place. He says, you know, I don't have the money. But just let me take, you know, give you what I have or whatever. I don't know what, how they settled up. He says, I will send you the money. So they let him go. And he drives down the road to the next place he's going. And just so happened he has this meeting with a businessman. The businessman says, I'm led to give you this. Gave him the $3,000. Didn't know you. I don't think he even knew about it. But the, next, the very next place that he went, God provided the $3,000 that he needed. Amen? God says, how much is your peace worth? Why do we get so upset when somebody does us wrong? It's because we think that they ought to be our source. <laughs> right? But God is your source. Amen? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So don't be so focused on what other people are doing or not doing that you lose your peace. And the same goes in the church situation. Amen? Get all fouled up, getting our eyes on other people. Amen? Just do your part. Keep your own nose clean. (laughs) Be a servant. Be faithful. Love people. 
and let God handle things. Can I have an amen? So the final point is, you have been ordained to bring peace. Let's go to John 20. I think we're, all, we're in John. Let's flip over to John 20. Very interesting scripture here. This is after Jesus was risen from the dead. John 20, verse 19 says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Just take that today. Peace be unto you. And when he had said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Remember I said Jesus came to bring you peace? Well, he says, as my Father has sent me, so I've sent you. You have been sent to bring peace. You have been sent to bring peace to the seventh grade. Amen? Amen. You are carriers of peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. When you bring peace, you're acting like God. You know, in this world, there's so much, it's just more and more fighting, more and more strife, more and more anger, more and more killing. There's people that think they're doing their God uh, uh, a favor by killing people. I mean, it's strange. We are to be different. We are to manifest the opposite spirit. Amen? We are to manifest the spirit of peace. We're to love the unlovable. Amen. We're not to, you know, bring more wars. That's why Christian. I want to, you know, I just, I just am sad when Christians are just always fighting and angry. They're putting out this angry image to the world. It's not fruitful. We're carriers of peace. As my father has sent me, even so have I sent Chad. And Naomi too. And even Austin. Where's Austin? There he is. And all the rest of you. The father has sent you. Jesus is sending you with his peace. And when he said that, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that enables you to do these things. See, you carry the peace because you carry the Holy Ghost. Verse 23. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted to them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. You've got to forgive people. If you forgive people, then you open the door for them to find Jesus. It's like that, that preacher that I went to see. He could have said, well, you know, you just haven't been living right. You know, you're never going to have any peace. 
No, he just, in the mercy of God, he just laid his hands on me and released peace. He's carrying peace, so he releases peace. In Romans chapter 10, verse 15, it says that we are to preach the gospel of peace. Amen? In Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us that we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Because peace is so powerful, it defeats the enemy. It's the opposite spirit of Satan's strife and hate and deceptiveness. We carry peace where we go, and we bring that peace to others. Hallelujah. You can have peace in your life because Jesus came to bring you peace. You can maintain peace because the Word of God in your heart and in your mind as you meditate will keep you stayed upon Him and you trust in Him and you'll be able to maintain that peace. And then you can carry that peace to your family, to your co-workers, to your world, to your other people in the church. Amen. I don't see the gentleman here that was talking about how he came to church and he was lost over the circumstances of his life. And you guys prayed for him. And all of a sudden, you know, life made sense again. He was able to begin to recover. That's what it's all about. You guys, you're carriers of peace. Jesus came to give you peace. So, I hope you're encouraged to walk in perfect peace. Amen? But if there's something standing in the way, move it out of the way. Amen? And say, yes, Lord. You are my Lord. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He knew people would be heavy, heavy laden at times, right? He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Religion will make a mess out of you, but Jesus will give you peace. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, sometimes we just strive to be good enough for God. And God says, yeah, press in, but trust me. Trust me to do the work. Trust the blood. Trust in his faithfulness. Trust in the goodness of God. He can change your heart. He can give you peace in a moment of time. I don't know how many times that's happened to me, that the presence of God, I don't know if I said that, the shalom. Yeah, shalom in the Old Testament. Many times in Scripture, shalom was connected with the presence of God. And we can live in the presence. Jesus says, come on. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, let me be Lord. Let me rule. And you'll find rest to your soul. For I'm meek and lowly. Many times we lose our peace because we're not meek and lowly. How can they do that to me? 
That's pride. Be like Jesus, meek and lowly. Your father will take care of you. Amen. You're on top of the world. You're seated together with him in heavenly places. You're not under. You're not under. You're over. You're with the Lord. Amen. You can be confident in every situation. You can have peace. Come to Jesus, and he'll give you rest. Amen. Just bow your heads for a moment. I just want to have a quiet time with the Lord. How many today would say, you know what? I need that rest. I need that peace in my life. I want it today. Would you lift your hand if that's you? I need that. I I just have had turmoil. I need that rest. Don't be bashful. Just lift your hand. Praise God. All right. All right. I see those hands. I want to invite you to come. If that's you, if you raised your hand, or if you just, you just need to come into his presence today. I want us to have a little time of prayer just to come to Jesus. You just need that refreshing today. I want to invite you just to come and stand here. We're going to pray together for a moment before we close the service. Just come. He's going to give you rest. He's going to give you peace. The Holy Spirit is here to minister to you. To minister to your needs. Anyone else? Just come. Just make a a line here in the front. I need that rest today. I need that presence. I need that presence. Anyone else? say these words. Just say, Dear Father, I thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, to give me peace. He took the punishment for my peace. He died on that cross. He took that torment so I could have peace. And I believe he's risen. He is alive and he's poured out his spirit. And I thank you, Father, for your presence sweeping over me now, healing me, refreshing me, giving me rest, and giving me peace. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father, just say, oh, Father, I open my heart. Set me free. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just worship him for a few moments. Those of you that are up here, those of you that are sitting too, just lift your hands. Just worship him. Let him refresh your soul today. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord says, I have come to bring forgiveness and I have come to give grace. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't try to do it in yourself or in your own strength. But come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me 
and I will set your course and establish your goings. And I will show you things in the realm of the Spirit that are afflicting you and holding you back. I will teach you my ways and I will lead you on a plain path for you. See, I am who you need. You may think, I need this, I need that. But the Lord says, I am what you need. I am your source of supply for peace. And I will prosper your way. Just keep coming to me. I will give you what you need. And my presence will go before you, saith the Lord. And I will even part the waters before you in even situations that you have thought impossible, personalities that you thought you could not breach this situation. The Lord says, I will make the way. I will part the waters. I will give you favor. I will open doors for you. For you see, I am the one that will bring you forth and set you free. So I say, my people, have peace. Have rest in me. Trust in me. Let me work it out. In your heart, in your family, in your situation. Let me work it out. Just yield yourself to me. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Learn of me. Learn of me every day. I am meek and lowly. Let my spirit, let my temperament take over in you. And you will find that rest. And it will become more and more like you would say, second nature. (laughs) For you see, it's really not second nature. It's first nature. But you will find it coming to pass in your life that Jesus will become your life, your light, your sustenance, your provision. And you will have a strength in me that you have not known before. For I am your light, and I am your life, and I am your peace, saith the Lord. Come unto me and find that rest to your soul. Hallelujah! Lord, we just receive that. We receive the supernatural rest and peace of God. We choose not to fret over evildoers, people that prosper in their way, people that have done us wrong. We choose not to fret. It's none of our business. We just give it to you, Lord. We just give it to you. You are my source. And I'm living on top. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Hallelujah. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. 
Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at tomshanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota 56002.